0: Where are you from? Oh right here. Back to serve your community. Thank you for choosing me.
1: I require discipline. Stick to your rank, never question an order. Yes, Matron. I won't keep you if you don't fit. We have to move nearly all the patients out because of the cut tonight. You will stay on. The dog shift. Does the dog bother you? A place people die in? should never be allowed to get that dark. <laughs> I love working nights. You can get up to all sorts. Bit of dark won't hurt you. Are you just making this up? No, I'm not making it up. Dad! A nurse must give of herself entirely. Sacrifice. (laughs) How much are you willing to give?
0: You just start right in sure hey listeners you're listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we are a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie we do this virtually until we decide to do this in person again and we talk about a horror movie which we will spoil we first talk about some recently watched which we try not to spoil uh, we're not professional critics and we thank the Moonrays for giving us this song intro creature features at the top of the show you can find their music digitally on amazon or apple music and say hello to them on facebook where they are the moon dash rays i'm richard i'm here with will hello Jolien is drawing pictures he's not with us this week
1: lucky bastard
0: he you know what he did he made a big mistake he said hey people i'm drawing this stuff for i'm ahead of schedule and they said oh cool we'll move the deadline oh <laughs> People are the worst.
1: No, never tell them you're ahead of schedule.
0: No. Yeah, make make it seem like you're just bringing it in right on time.
1: Yeah. If
0: you're early, they move it. I guess we learned that.
1: And you're doing everything possible to just bring it right in under the line. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you, if you get it there early, that's all the better. But don't, don't ever... Yeah. Tell them exactly where you are or promise too much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. I made a couple minor adjustments on audio. I think we're ready to roll. Do you want to talk about recently watched? Will, do you have much?
1: Uh, not a whole lot. We're continuing to watch uh true detective, uh, which is excellent. I think we have one more episode to go <clears throat> and then it's on to season two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good luck. <laughs> It's, good luck. Yeah. You know what? Season two is fine. It's just that. It's I, not season one. I can already tell you. <laughs> nothing, um,
0: nothing is going to be this good that easily.
1: I don't want an, another Batman film simply because why? Why would we need another Batman film? But if they are insistent on making one, I know they are. Right. Always. Um, but. Uh, I think Matthew McConaughey would be a great Batman.
0: Oh, man. I would love him as Batman.
1: Because he could really play Batman as kind of unhinged. And then he could play Bruce Wayne as a real cat.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: You know, kind of aloof playboy. He yeah. could do both those roles. Great.
0: And who else could they cast? I, I want Commissioner Gordon to be uh, Christopher Walken. Okay. <laughs> I think that would be okay. You know, if, if we're going to go a little odd. They should just cast all the odd actors in one Batman movie.
1: Okay, yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. Steve Buscemi could be maybe... As Robin? Oh, even better. I was going to say the Riddler, but Robin, yes.
1: Um, You know, he's like Bruce Wayne's, you know, roommate.
0: How about Kat Denning as Robin?
1: Oh. As Robin, okay, <laughs> sure. Or Cap- did you ever did you ever see the old Batman serials from the late forties?
0: Um, only well, I because think ones
1: from the early forties, second ones on the late forties, but
0: only some stills and maybe a clip or two because you told me, and I looked it up. It is so crappy looking.
1: Oh man, it is. It's fantastic, uh, Robin looks like he's about the same age as the guy who plays Batman. Yeah. Uh, he looks kind of balding and like he's going to break out in a five o'clock shadow at any moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like he's 39 and Batman is 41.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're both 40, <clears throat> but one of them was born in December and the other was born in like February.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, they just look like they're going to smoke a pall mall and, you know, figure out what to do next at, yeah. at their bungalow, they're, they're,
1: their bungalow, they're in,
0: like a normal house.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's stunning. They drive a normal car.
0: Yeah. <laughs> which
1: like, makes sense. I mean, why would you want it to stick out? Oh yeah. They're yeah. already wearing a bat costume. <laughs> like, I guess you go all in at that point.
0: Yeah. No half measures after you put on a bat costume.
1: You know, you, no. need,
0: you need a bat cave and a Batmobile and everything else.
1: Bat phone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. What else you got before we go down that rabbit hole for the rest of the show? Uh,
1: we, uh, we finished up season one of discovery. Um, which I really liked way more than I expected. Good. Uh, I not heard great things about it. Heard a lot of complaints. Hmm. Um I don't know, I had no problems with it other than uh, Star Trek did that thing where they act like they're progressive, but not really, where they finally gave the audience a gay couple. Ah. but then they turned around and killed. <laughs> not only not only did they break up a gay couple, but the person they killed was black, so kind of telling you you can't be black gay and happy right (laughs) you know so you can pick two (laughs) yeah it's one of those terrible things you're like oh well finally they gave it to us but for about all of 10 minutes Mm. and then and then they killed one of them maybe a few more episodes than that but uh you know it's it's such a tropey thing to fall into you would think star trek would avoid that yeah given the premise of the show but all in all, I really liked it uh, way, way more than I expected. Um, it really makes the, uh, not that the other shows were were bad in any way. I like quite a bit of them except Voyager. Um, and they, uh, they seem really quaint now, though, like just production-wise. It's... Uh, Really, something. I mean, TNG always seemed kind of shaky because it was cheap. By the time you got to Deep Space Nine, they they were putting some money into it, and but now that <laughs> looks like you know, the the a lot of it is the filming. You know, the, a lot of the TVs back then was still blocked off, kind of a lot of face shots, close-ups. Yeah. Whatnot. Um. What else did I watch? Um, oh, I watched a couple of episodes of Sons of Sam. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> I'm, I'm into that too.
1: What do you think? Um, I think the guy's unhinged, but I think that's kind of where they're going. I'm only two episodes in. I kind of get the feeling that they're going into his uh, sort of obsession and perhaps... Uh, downfall. I mean they they've they've, allu- they've not just alluded to it. somebody said that at some point I think in the second episode uh, although they didn't elaborate at the time. I got the feeling that's kind of where the, the, the thing will end up going because it seems plausible at first like any conspiracy theory you 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 have like one or two little things. okay, maybe. Yeah, um, they, they those sketches really didn't look like David Berkowitz, but not even
0: a little. One of them looked more like uh, Richard Ramirez.
1: Yeah, I thought the last one. They said the last one didn't look like him. I thought there was something about the last one, it's cheekbones, something about the face. It was like, yeah, that is close. The nose was wrong. But something about the shape of the face was, and eyes were like dead on almost. Um, But the nose was different enough that you were like, okay, that's not him. But I didn't feel that way. Uh, I felt like it, it was more on than off. But so anyway, you have something like that. And then you get, okay, this guy, you know, he said son of Sam. Who were the real sons of Sam? Sam Carr, blah, 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 his kids... Uh, Huey and Dewey. I don't remember their names, right. but, uh, you know, so you, you kind of go, oh, okay. But then he starts tying in like everybody and the police and the whole state of New York and everybody, but him and maybe two or three friends. Uh, it's just ridiculous.
0: Now in the whole thing, and, and we're, we're trying not to spoil this for the listeners, but but the the uh, the title should give it away that um, there is a person who is the subject of this documentary who believes there is more than one killer in the Son of Sam killings, and this is something that just gripped New York City, and um, and I'm I'm going to say that uh, as the case is with any of, and this is, a, oh, God, what, what years are we talking? 70,
1: 77,
0: 77. Okay. Um,
1: 76, 77. Yeah. Okay. And,
0: so, yeah. So the, the country was, uh, you know, going through a lot of stuff at the time with like the energy crisis and uh, you know, all kinds of stuff that was starting to, you know, the
1: general malaise, I believe was that's a what it was chalked up to.
0: <laughs> it's a good, good way to look at it. Like Uh, but here's the thing we're talking about an investigative journalist who, like you said, is being looked at as though perhaps he's unhinged and a bit of a conspiracy theorist. Can you be unhinged, but also be correct at the same time?
1: (laughs) It depends. I mean, at some some level though, the conspiracy grows so large, uh, and involves so many people that it it falls in on itself and then you go well what part do i believe well, you know up to what level is acceptable right how much you know and when somebody you know either does that they go too far they take it too far and it's everybody um or uh uh, th- you find out that they've they've uh, manipulated the facts a bit.
0: You can, uh, yeah, can finesse
1: things of fact, you know, facts to slowly then bring in things that are out and out lies or just made up. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, what you know? Where do I stop believing you? Right. Once you start, you know, throwing out, you know, or or more than likely, uh, or more likely in in things like this is they throw out speculation that can't be proven one way or another. Yeah. And it becomes, you know, uh, they're making up, you know, conversations that may or may not have happened, but they have no way to know. And so... That really drives the narrative of, of these things, you know, these sort of, uh, Netflix seems to really like these sort of, uh, I guess, true crime, unsolved yeah. mystery kind of thing. Right. Uh, but But with some sort of conspiracy thinking behind it, like, do we really know the truth about? Oh, you can the say moon landing or right,
0: the Kennedy on
1: there yet, but.
0: Kennedy assassination. You, there's a lot of, a Hey, lot we'll of, leave
1: that one out.
0: <laughs> right. You know, cause you could go, you could go into all kinds of, you know, what, what did he know? What was he up to? What did he tell Marilyn Monroe? You know, there, there's so many things. It's like, well, we don't know. We weren't a fly on the wall. So, uh, yeah, let's speculate some more speculate all you
1: want. Exactly. And it's, it speculations fine. But it's when you then take that speculation and use it as a truth, a now known truth, to base other speculation upon. And that's where it gets me on a lot of these, uh, not just these Netflix documentaries, but uh, conspiracies in general, is that it's you have this one kernel of uncertainty but then you base all this stuff on top of it and it's a house of cards.
0: Right. Yeah. I could see that. Um, I'm going to say though, I'm one episode ahead of you. I think the guy is onto some things, but do they all fit together is always going to be the question. And, um, you can say David Berkowitz as son of Sam, uh, the killer, uh, was driven. He was influenced by some things around him and there were other people in his life and they were up to some things. Yeah. Are you connecting the dots? Well, I'm not done with the series yet. I I'm, I'm going to wait and see, does he, does he properly connect the dots? So,
1: yeah, I, I'm, I'll keep watching. I mean, the one that you've just finished my next episode, I see has, Charles Manson in it, so you know I've got to tune in.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, they do, yeah, they do talk about how, you know, the country was sort of gripped in this, um, the early phases of a satanic panic. Mm -hmm. And and not for no reason either, because there were probably people who were, you know, kind of glamorizing it and, and using it as maybe an excuse or a vehicle for doing whatever their doings were. So, you know, plenty of people say, Oh, you know, if I'm in a gang, I, I do gang stuff. If I'm in a cult, I do cult
1: stuff. And you
0: feel, <laughs> you feel enabled by the the crowd you're with. Maybe, I don't know.
1: Cult stuff, you know, <laughs> selling jams and jellies, right. uh, old flowers, right? You know.
0: dancing around with tambourines.
1: Yeah bothering people at the airport starring
0: in action movies yeah <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of cult stuff you could get up to well what else did you watch
1: uh i think that's probably about it
0: huh well my list's a little longer and i'll try to burn through them quick enough i know our listeners were told at the beginning of the show we're going to talk about recently watched first um we watched one that is uh new ish. And we came out last year, technically. Um, I care a lot. It's called. And, uh, yeah, yeah, this one is, uh, I want to make sure I don't. I think
1: it's Angelina Jolie and Betty White, right? It should be.
0: Um, this one stars Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, uh, Isa Gomez and others and the rest. Uh, and what this is, It's about a woman who is a scammer who uh, uses the legal system and doctors who are somewhat corrupt to get guardianship over uh, elders. It's the scammy version of elder abuse where you kind of take over their lives and their finances. And Mm. um, without giving too much away, she does this to the wrong old lady who is a perfectly fine person but her doctor kind of points out to this scammer um, guardianship woman that you know she's got a lot going for her financially but she doesn't have any relatives at all she has no husband and she has no relatives no children nothing and this woman is like oh she's she's a great mark for this sort of thing so they of course, get a, an emergency hearing and have her institutionalized and then take over her finances. And that becomes their money. Uh, without giving too much away, like I said, Peter Dinklage is a person who's not to be messed with, who is involved with this woman's life, who becomes involved with this situation and it doesn't go good places (laughs) for (laughs) either, either side. So this one's worth a watch. It's, uh, what it's a very like dark comedy slash action slash crime movie. So it's got it's wearing a lot of hats, but it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, without saying really anything at all about this one, um, the movie Jolian warned us he was picking for next week is uh, Peninsula, uh, which is also known as Train to Bassan Two or Train to Bassan Presents Peninsula. <laughs> so this one is uh i think 4 years into this into the zombie pandemic and uh it's uh the korean peninsula is is completely devastated and a former soldier uh escapes overseas and he's a real badass and he can shoot anything and he uh is meeting up with some other survivors to go uh do sort of a big heist so that's all I'm going to say about it. We'll talk about that a whole bunch next week. Uh, Will, did you ever see the made for TV movie Gargoyles?
1: Long time ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This was uh, made for TV in 1972 for like uh, CBS Tuesday night at the movies. And uh, perfect for a Tuesday night. I think uh, it takes place in New Mexico. Some, uh, yes. <clears throat> yeah. This is, this anthropologist dude, whatever, this doctor and his daughter, uh, they're doing some research in New Mexico and and they see this really crazy skeleton at this uh, roadside museum. And then they uh, hear some crazy stories and go to investigate and find, spoilers, living gargoyles amongst the caves.
1: Yes. So they're... Based on a true story, I believe.
0: Yeah, probably. I think the scariest thing... I ever heard about, and I don't know if this was in New Mexico, but when you told me about the motel with a in-ground swimming pool, that's been filled.
1: Yes. With sand.
0: With sand. That's terrifying to me.
1: You know, they
0: buried several someones in there.
1: Something weird's going on.
0: For sure. Anyway, this one, if you feel nostalgic for made for TV movies, which really, I can't call it horror. It's, it's, not that scary but it's fun to watch when i was a little kid it was really cool um somewhere i've got a drawing i did of one of the gargoyles
1: oh nice
0: yeah i think i didn't know how to draw his junk so i put a speedo on him
1: yeah that seems about right <laughs> yeah
0: it's, some of your action figures kind of had briefs on so you didn't know what to do you just put briefs on them
1: yeah everybody wore briefs
0: yeah you, you don't want to explain why they're smooth so no no yeah. Uh, we already talked about uh, the sons of Sam, a descent into darkness. So we don't need to talk about that anymore. I did watch um, on shutter in search of darkness part two. And this is about eighties movies uh, documentary thing. That's about four hours long, three and a half hours long. And if you just feel like putting it on and leaving it on, uh, you don't have to be watching the whole time. They show a lot of clips from these eighties movies. But, uh, man, just great interviews. Tom Atkins, uh, Joe Bob Briggs, Clancy Brown, um, John Carpenter, Nick Castle, Barbara Crampton, Sean S. Cunningham, Robert England. I mean, just all the people you would expect to hear from, plus several others. The best thing about this is whenever they show um, Chris Jericho, like pro wrestler guy. Yeah. uh, Whenever they show him or um, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, man, I don't think there's a single movie these guys didn't like. They will show some abs- mm. <laughs> some clip and some like, you know, they'll do, they'll do part of the uh, trailer and a clip from some absolute piece of crap. And they'll be like, the genius of this movie really is that they did this. And they just are so enthusiastic. Like, just like a 15-year-old who's just stoked about mm. so- something bad. But you can't tell them that you know, their movie or their music sucks. So it was great. Really good stuff from Tom Savini in this one, Uh, Linnea Quigley on and on. I mean, it just, there's, there's no shortage. There's dozens of interviews and just dozens and dozens of clips and they cover a lot of movies. It's really great. So for anyone who's uh, feeling nostalgic for the eighties and I'll end on a low note, um, I just got curious scrolling through, uh, prime video, like some of these seventies, like early seventies movies. I'm like, should I check some of these out? So I watched night of the Cobra woman. Um, Mm. some might disagree. Maybe it's of its time to whatever extent. Um, I'll explain just by reading something from IMDB. After being bitten by a cobra in the Philippines, Lena can turn herself into a snake and she stops aging. The curse comes with a price. The priestess must consume cobra venom and vital young men to stay young. So yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, um
1: age old story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so uh it just looks like it looks like 80% humidity. Everybody just looks hot and miserable in this movie.
1: Was this filmed in the Philippines?
0: I would assume it is, or somewhere. Uh, let's see. Uh, yep, yep. I just scrolled down. Filming location: Philippines.
1: And yeah, I think I've seen this one. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it was a uh, was kind of uh, indicative of Philippine horror movies. Yeah, from the early '70s. Yeah,
0: and you know, I'm sure it was mainly an American uh, influenced production because they. It seemed like they had American actors.
1: Yeah, they would take American actors and go over there and film really cheap and use Filipino crews. Yeah. Um, Yeah, a lot of schlocky, low-budget crap came out of there. Sid Haig lived there for years, I understand. (laughs) Yeah. He filmed so many movies in the Philippines. Um, It was real cheap. Sure. Both to make the movies and to live there. And it was you know kind of a vacation. Pam Greer lived there for a while, I think. Oh, I bet. She did a lot of movies there.
0: It was the Vancouver of the 70s. Yeah,
1: it kind of was. Yeah. It's S- like, oh, let's go film. You know, you want to go live in the Philippines for three months?
0: You know, it seems sure. like there'd be, uh, there'd be plenty of upsides to it. As long as you had some air conditioned place, you could land yourself at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I don't think it, and I'm assuming you probably film outside Manila.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, everything's. It
1: was, it was pretty modern for 1972.
0: Yeah. Uh, you can only imagine it's a thoroughly modern city at that point. Yeah. So we also watched The Power, a brand new 2021 movie. Um, This one, uh. I was really uh, interested in just reading the blurb. Like what were they going to do with this premise? And, uh, and I think the only thing I told you was good spooky atmosphere. So what did you think of the movie?
1: I hated it. You hated it. Hated it. Oh, tell hated me,
0: it. tell me all the I ways. It.
1: Couldn't even finish it.
0: You, oh, really?
1: Yeah. You missed the part. You missed the part, just,
0: uh, you, missed the part you would have hated the most.
1: Oh, the
0: very ending is you just would have so hated the ending.
1: Oh man. Uh, yeah, I couldn't get there. It was just like pulling teeth watching this one.
0: Was it too slow of a slow burn? What was going on?
1: It was slow. It was dull. It was nothing you hadn't seen 25 times before. Um, um, what do you set up was kind of interesting, but it was so glossed over as such a little background detail to be why the power was going to be, go out. Right. Um, it didn't feel, it felt like that was totally tacked on. Like it could have been anything. She could have just been a nurse in, you know, 1992 instead of 1972 or whenever it was supposed to be. 74, I don't remember. Um, But, you know, and then the power went out. And she's in a hospital and spooky things happen. Um, I didn't find the atmosphere terribly spooky. No? Um, I found some of the ghostly things kind of goofy. um, Especially when she was having possession fits. Mm-hmm. They, they were just, I don't know. They were supposed to be horrific, but they weren't. They were <laughs> borderline silly. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I was just bored, bored, bored. I didn't know who anyone was, nor did I care. Well, um, there were no characters. There were Actors in spots reading lines, but there was nothing there. <laughs>
0: um, I have to disagree with you on the atmosphere part of it, and there are some things where I do agree with you, but uh, generally speaking, I did like this one, and I'll tell you that that um, I didn't know much about uh, England in the 70s outside of what I caught from documentaries talking about the punk rock scene and you know it's like oh, oh yeah, yeah you know great britain was in you know such turmoil and and there were you know socially and economically they were in a really bad situation um general malaise was happening here but over there it would seem maybe it was a little more uh volatile or i'm not sure how to say it but uh what it came down to um was that the uh that the miners, the coal miners were apparently on strike and there was a shortage of supply to power the generators to light everything up. So um, apparently the, I don't know if it was a prime minister or who was in charge of, of, uh, of, of handing this um, mandate down that what they were going to do was uh, change from a five-day work week to a three-day work week and um, shut the power off. And uh, at night, just like shut off the generators, you know, or the the power plants rather. Yeah. And um, I didn't know about this, but it lasted for months, apparently.
1: Uh, I'm sure it was hugely popular, too. <laughs> oh, I
0: bet everyone was just thrilled to have this sort of thing.
1: Oh, man, you know it.
0: Especially December through March. So this was <sighs> 1973 into 74 uh, for like, I don't know, th- Four months, five months, something crazy like that. Um, so that's, that's what this is sort of, uh, as, as far as, uh, when it was set, I I don't know that that, um, really needed to matter. It could have just, it could have been at any point in time and it could have been a storm. It does add to the creepy atmosphere that you have, uh, what we would deem to be less than modern facilities, uh, and let's assume because it's England, and everything was built earlier than it was built here, that maybe this is an old hospital. You know, maybe this is from the 1920s or something, and it's been, it you know, it's been updated, but it's not really modern like we think of it. So for us, we're thinking, oh, you know, they don't really have good backup generators. They don't really have, you know, uh, the safety lights that kick on when the power goes out. They don't have that stuff. So you're in pretty much darkness in a hospital, which is if it's an old hospital is going to be a uh, kind of a creepy place to be. And it's this girl's first day on the job and they put her on the night shift with uh, well, there's some candles if you need them. So I felt like she brought a lot of baggage with her and we're not told at first what that baggage is. We get this weird flashback. We don't know what it is. And this young woman who appears to be about 18 or 19 just, starts her job as a nurse at the hospital. Um, yeah, I felt like the atmosphere was properly creepy and it was in a place where you wouldn't know your way around. It looked kind of labyrinthine <laughs> as far as the layout. Cause they do show you that, that map and it's got all these different levels. Yeah. So I felt like that, that was effective. Um, I, I, I felt like giving this a second look. So I watched a good portion of this a second time and the doctors, all the doctors and nurses all kind of blur together unless they had something important to do. But, uh, I noticed the characters who I thought, Oh, that that's a good guy. He seems cool. Uh, the two characters (laughs) I initially felt that way about turned out to be the worst guys in, in, in the movie. Uh, yeah. Nev or Neville, the, uh, janitor, of whatever, you know, maintenance person, whatever he was supposed to be. He, he seemed like he was kind of funny and kind of cool, but then you saw him do a couple awful things and then you found out he was pretty horrible. And then, uh, um, Dr. Uh, Franklin, he was, uh, he seemed really neat. Like maybe he's a young doctor. He was kind of with it, Everything was cool. No, nope, He was a bad guy too.
1: I couldn't tell you who either of those people were.
0: Janitor guy and glasses doctor.
1: That doesn't even bring a bell.
0: <laughs> were you folding the laundry? Were you ironing? What were you? No, doing?
1: <laughs> no, I, I was trying to watch this thing and it just was not engaging me in the least.
0: Okay. Uh, did the other nurse, uh, Val stand out? I'm sorry, not Val. Um, Oh, what was her name?
1: There was a blonde woman who was kind of nasty to the, seemed to have some sort of history. I think her name was Babs.
0: (laughs) Something like that, yes.
1: Uh, Uh, And then there was two other nurses. One of them was named Patience or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had, uh, let's see. um, Constance? Yeah, it was something like some crazy name that we're not used to. But yeah, you're right. It was something like Patience or something. Um, uh, Yeah, Babs was uh, played by Emma Rigby, who I took a quick look at her IMDB, and she had a a bunch of credits. So she's been, she's about 30-ish. So she's been in the game a, a bit longer. I thought she delivered a pretty good performance. Uh, comfort was the the character's name.
1: Comfort,
0: yeah, comfort. That's a strange. Maybe that's a little too on the nose. Uh, yeah, I
1: felt like you know.
0: Did you get a double meaning from the title of this very far into the movie, or did you did that ever kind of land on the nose for you?
1: I figured it was some sort of you know, not just the electrical power. It was whatever the entity or ghost or whatever was haunting
0: the place. Right. Well, I think what, what we're, um, what we're led to here is that Val grew up in the, uh, the children's home and.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: We got something telling us, you know, these little quick flashes of flashback that uh, something traumatic happened to her. Um, Obviously from somebody who is in power and then here she is at this job and um, immediately the woman who's in power is just really strict and borderline unreasonable with her. And as the movie goes along, all of the, all the people who have any sort of authority or any sort of uh, influence all seem to have, have power that they abuse or misuse in some way. Like the janitor knows his way around and has keys to everything. And it seems like he wants to take advantage of whomever he can, as far as nurses or other employees or patients, perhaps it's good. They didn't name that nurse patients because that would have been confusing. <laughs> um Comfort. Yeah. Right. So, um, but then we find out that these doctors who are in charge and administrators who are in charge have power and they, either don't believe anything they're told or they uh, basically we're talking about gaslighting and and abuse of power and it gets a little bit um, toward the end. It gets a little bit knock you over the head with it and a little preachy with it in ways that it could have just continued to be subtle about it or not gotten less subtle about it. And I think it would have been more effective but the message is good. We should hear it, but, uh, you know, don't expect that we don't pick it up if we watch the whole movie, (laughs) but you couldn't get through it. How far do you know how far you were into it when you bailed out?
1: Uh, an hour, hour plus.
0: Yeah. it, It took, I think I looked at the time code. I paused it and looked at the time code. It was 28 minutes before we got our first scare. Uh, When um, Val was walking with a candle and something blew it out.
1: And that was was fine, waiting that long. But you have to fill that 28 minutes with something. And I just didn't get anything from these people. She seemed unbelievably mousy to be a nurse. Even a, a first day nurse. I could believe it if she was a little more... I don't know pie-in-the-sky kind of idealist who was going to save people, but she seemed so already frightened and broken and miserable from the very first that Mm -hmm. the spookiness didn't seem to affect her because she was already... Jumpy. Jumpy. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so it didn't make it very effective. She seemed very... Like I said, just mousey. She seemed very, you know, uh, introverted kind of person. I didn't really buy her as a nurse. And then everybody immediately kind of, yeah, is nasty to her, but she's not, uh, I don't know, they...
0: Well, yeah, nursing... It didn't
1: give us anything to base that nastiness on. People were just nasty. So you just got this feeling that was like, oh, this is just the, you know, hospital in the 70s in Britain when the power's out. Everybody's on edge and they're nasty to one another. Why do I care? It didn't give me anything to care about.
0: Yeah. You know? I could see that point. Um, and, And definitely I agree that nursing school will make you tougher than that. It will make you less, less of a meek person. If you had the tendency to be a meek person, it seems. Yeah. Like.
1: I think it... you would have washed out. I don't, I mean, unless nursing was just like whoever shows up and can fit in the uniform. <laughs> right. uh, I just, I just did not see her doing that. I could see her maybe working as a teacher. If she was she seemed to be okay with that little girl um and i could see okay you're kind of a mousy teacher that makes sense but to be a nurse i don't i don't see it i think you would have washed out already she seems so naive and so uh just totally lost most of the time you wondered if she'd ever been in a hospital.
0: Yeah cuz in uh, nursing school they would have to go through rotations at actual facilities you know they they, yeah. make, they make them do their time there before they graduate them so yeah that should have been you know i don't know they i don't think they do it differently in England than they would do it here but do you uh, think
1: they'd have some sort of schooling some sort of rounds before you know her first day yeah You know, but yeah, she often acted like she was surprised that the place was full of sick and dying people, (laughs) you know, like, what did you expect? You know, yeah, it is a
0: hospital. Um, have you ever known anyone who's worked at a hospital, like in overnight shifts?
1: My mom was a, uh, ER nurse for a while.
0: Yeah. My mom too. I think we've talked about this before. Yes. Yeah. That does ring a bell. Uh, did she ever tell you how crazy things got in the, uh, on Fridays or full moons or if, full
1: moon? She did mention the full moons. So that's no, where I had first heard that. It's no
0: myth. That is a fact. My mom told me the same thing. Like she said, if the full moon landed on a Friday, forget it. You oh know, man. Yeah. Cause I think that's just a combination of like everyone's cutting loose cause it's Friday and they got a paycheck and it's the full moon. They're going bananas.
1: Oh you know if those three things line up, yeah, it's gonna be somebody's going to the ER.
0: That's true. Yeah, I would uh I would get stories. I mean, obviously they don't wanna to say too much because, you know, they have to keep the confidence of the patients, but you know, once yeah. in a once in a while you hear about, you know, somebody who they had to pull a giant splinter of a coffee table out of someone's butt or something, you know. <laughs> you just you would just hear the the highlights like that. And ugh, it's just so crazy.
1: Did she I ha- seem to remember her talking about accidental shootings at least a couple times?
0: Yeah. Th- there's gotta be a lot of, I that. don't know
1: how accidental these shootings were, but it sounded like somebody got drunk. Somebody got mad. Somebody got shot.
0: <laughs> well, I think that, that, uh, there are people who have guns who really don't, know how to use them properly or, oh, or shouldn't
1: have guns. Yeah.
0: Yeah. People who just shouldn't own them. Um, did I ever tell you the story about my brother's friend after they went hunting was sitting there playing with his, I believe it was a shotgun. What? Yeah. And it went off in our living room.
1: Oh my God.
0: I'm just so glad that cause he was sitting there, you know, touching the trigger and my brother said, don't do that. And he goes, safety's on he said there going come on bill like i'm gonna like ping 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 all of a sudden boom like the deafening bang and uh oh yeah just glad he wasn't pointing it in the in the direction of anybody but it shot through a wall and it blew over a bar stool on the other side of the wall that was just like an extra chair in a bedroom but holy moly was that um there was a gooseneck lamp hanging on the wall. One of those old, like 19 late thirties, early forties mm-hmm. cord hanging down to a plug shot that cord in half. It was sitting there swinging. <laughs> There's a big hole in the wall and wow. it was just like, Oh dude. And he was just panicking and babbling and it was terrible. Um, so I understand how it could happen because I was present for one of those morons. And, uh, I think also uh, you know people who either they're cleaning a gun they don't remember that they loaded it or they're playing quick draw or yeah I, I can see like a lot of different ways a stupid person could you know
1: one of them I remember was New Year's and somebody fired a gun up and I guess the bullet came back and hit him or something I think what actually happened is somebody else was shooting and because they would go fire off guns for New Year's and the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think somebody else probably was not very careful with the gun and it went off and hit this guy. Yeah. But that the story was, you know, because he didn't want his friend to get in trouble because he was a dumbass and shot him. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, guns and fireworks. You know, uh, just stupid slash drunk people should have them at their disposal at all times. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, how yeah. about how about spookies? Did did uh, your mom ever tell you, or any other nurses you've known ever tell you about strange happenings at hospitals?
1: No, no, no stories like that that I know of.
0: My sister worked at a hospital for, she was going through nursing school and then at some point did change her mind, but she was going through rotations at a hospital and uh, there was an elevator that, now granted, you know, prosaic explanation could be the, could be the one, but uh, this elevator would be on another floor, just head on down and open up. And you could look at the security cameras and see that there was nobody there, uh, just riding the elevator car up and down or anything like that. You know, you could look at the cameras and go, "Wait a minute, how did that?"
1: Nothing that showed up on film, anyway.
0: Nothing that showed up. That's true. And uh, she had the misfortune of uh, of me having loaned. Well, I gave my nephew a copy of the Eye, the Korean horror Uh film. And there's that great scene where that woman's in the elevator with that ghost and it's floating behind her with its toes, just dragging on the floor. (laughs) It's right behind her. She said, yeah, that movie kind of came creeping back on me after that happened. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, Creepy things do happen in hospitals. I've heard a bunch of the stories from different people,
1: but yeah, I heard that uh, at the Las Cruces hospital, if you were in on your first night, like our Val in this movie, they would have you ride the elevator down to the morgue with a body on a gurney. And then while you were riding down, when it gets to the bottom, (laughs) whoever's on the gurney would sit up. (laughs) You know, another employee, you know, one of the uh, other nurses, you know, pretending to be a dead body, and they would sit up and it just... Freak the hell out of them! Oh my god, that that was like their their hazing.
0: Oh, that is fantastic and terrible (laughs) at the same time. Oh yeah. Oh man, yeah, and of course, I've I've uh, I've known a few uh, unexplained things from a hospice house where. um,
1: Yeah, that's a crazy story. Oh
0: yeah, but you know, other ones I'd heard as well, but the girlfriend I was with in Hawaii, you know, she worked at a hospice facility. It was only five bedrooms, I think four or five bedrooms. And yeah, there were things that one patient would see or hear and months later, another one would see or hear the same thing in the same room. And there was, there was no passing down of the story. So that was kind of really odd. And there were oh easily a handful of these stories. You know, five five or six stories in, in addition to mine. But I've told it before. I don't need to tell it here.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, so yeah, a hospital's a good, good place to to have a ghost story.
0: Can you think of any hospital movies that got it right?
1: Um, Since you don't
0: feel this one got anything right to speak of.
1: <laughs> not really. I seem to remember watching The Kingdom, which... Was it Swedish?
0: Hmm, I don't know that one. It's
1: been so long ago, and it was kind of a, it was billed as like ER meets, you know, David Lynch or something. I don't remember it being that weird. Uh, I think Stephen King tried to do do an adaptation for television um, probably 15, maybe 20 years ago now. Uh, But the original show was, I believe, from the early 90s, Hmm. and um, the video store in in Las Cruces, for whatever reason, happened to have it, and it was uh, just, I think, six episodes, eight episodes or something. Um, It had some creepiness to it, but it's been so long, I don't know that it would hold up. It might be unbelievably cheesy now because it was early nineties television. Yeah. Uh, I seem to remember it looking okay. But again, I haven't watched it in 30 years. So
0: have you ever seen, um, I'm sure you have session nine.
1: I don't think so.
0: Okay. This one has uh, David Caruso and Peter Mullen and, uh, some other guys but they're uh doing asbestos abatement in the danvers uh mental institution or whatever they called it state mental hospital in massachusetts okay and this was a 2001 movie and it gets really creepy and uh if you haven't seen that one i think that one is worth a look um it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I'm not going to say, "Oh, dude, you won't believe how great it is" or anything like that. Uh, yeah. But I think it's uh, definitely worth a look for you if you uh, if you like the creepies in the in the hospitals, getting it right, um, and of course for me, Halloween two, the original one.
1: Oh yeah, that's in a hospital.
0: Yeah. What is that from 81, 82, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that one was. Uh, that that one was definitely effective in showing cause my mom was working in a hospital at the time. And, uh, it just shows you how the hospital being mostly empty and at night being a very vulnerable place for the people in it. If there's a murderer walking around, <laughs> murdering people.
1: Let me in. Was that it? The let the right one in.
0: Um, did they remake? Do, did they do some of that in the hospital?
1: Yeah. That takes place. There's a bit where they're in the hospital and it has that very empty, creepy feeling because it's in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a handful of movies where, where you've got either the hospitals abandoned or it's empty enough because it's at night. Um, I don't know. Is it creepier if someone can do something awful in broad daylight in a hospital? <laughs> I don't know. Cause Probably. It's Cause sometimes you see those crime movies where somebody just puts on a white coat and walks in and kills somebody in their hospital bed. Yeah. Yeah. So things like that. But, um, so, uh, you didn't see the ending of this one, uh, the, No. Uh, the power, um, And like I said, it does kind of knock you over the head with the theme. Um, Okay. And we get it. We get it. You know, I don't think we need it told to us so directly, but they do it. And I'm not going to say that's terrible. Uh, Our protagonists, um, one of them not of this earth, and the other two who are living people do get away at the end and look like they're off to freedom. And, um they live happily ever after except for it's England in the seventies. So they're having a rough time anyway. I don't know where they're going to go or what they're going to do. But, uh, so I'm going to guess that as recommends go, you just, uh, you just can't.
1: No. Well, I know. I I will recommend Aqua slash for a second (laughs) viewing.
0: Okay. So if you've seen Aqua slash, watch it again.
1: Ran it again. Um Halloween it's two. The only <laughs> it's the only right answer.
0: <laughs> Halloween Yeah,
1: watch Halloween two. Yeah. Either the original or Rob Zombie.
0: <laughs> Do you know that we're getting uh what is it called, Halloween Kills this October?
1: Yeah, which will be Halloween three or Halloween two and a half. <laughs> yeah something
0: yeah so the 19 the new
1: one was the reset sequel
0: yes which erases everything so this would be
1: the sequel to the reset sequel yes
0: yeah. so we can only then count 1978 halloween and then uh 2018 halloween 2018. and then uh and now
1: 2021 halloween kills yeah um
0: I know listeners came here to listen to us talk about Halloween movies, but, uh, uh, yeah, as far as recommends go, I do recommend this one for the spooky atmosphere. I disagree with you about it. I, I think that it is atmospherically spooky. There are some parts where it just gets a little unhinged. I, I, I agree with you that the possession scenes look a little more like an epileptic seizure than they do possession, but and maybe like that a was a
1: bad movie version of an epileptic seizure.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, um, however, uh, you know, the things like the candle getting blown out, the girl getting pulled over, you know, from behind, like something grabs oh, her. I
1: thought that was goofy too.
0: Yeah. That, but you know, that's the thing is like, there was no one around to do it and yeah, it freaked her out. And, and, I think it's the vulnerability of being in that kind of creepy dark place at night, but uh, overall it's not a strong recommend from me. I recommend giving it a look and judging for yourself uh, if you're in the mood for that sort of thing. And it's not really a slow burn as much as it is.
1: It never gets started.
0: It, It doesn't really. Yeah.
1: Doesn't even smolder.
0: It doesn't pick up a lot of momentum, even when the parts of it, get crazy it it doesn't feel like it's rolling forward it feels like it's bouncing to and fro more so than rolling forward and i it's think
1: a bucket of wet ash
0: <laughs> i think uh this being in fact this is a uh, first time writer director i think that uh maybe this was a you know learning experience
1: it looked, stop now
0: I say, keep going forward.
1: Do something else.
0: Corinna, faith, go forward. Keep, keep making them. You'll get it right. I mean, you know, who, who, like, uh, what, what was it called? Brain dead or brain damage Peter Jackson's first movie. Yeah. Lord of the Rings looks a little better than that, right?
1: I don't know. That had something to it. Of course it did. But if this movie was as good as brain dad, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be complaining. I'd be championing her and saying, you know, yeah, please make another movie. But as it stands now, I don't know. Commercials.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, she, she did, uh, looking at the IMDB, she did, you know, TV episodes and shorts and whatnot. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I I think, I think our listeners will probably be split on this one and that's fair. You know, some people like certain kinds of things more than others, but, uh, I gave it a second look. I'm glad I did. Um,
1: yeah, I, I gave a quick glance at IMDB. It didn't seem like there were any, uh, middling reviews. There were no fives or sixes. It was all eight nines or ones, threes.
0: Right. Yeah. It was very polarized. I, I did look at like Rotten Tomatoes and uh, there were people who were just like, nope. And other people are like, hell yeah. So
1: yeah, it, it's got like a 48% at Rotten Tomatoes. So
0: <laughs> yeah, that tells you
1: it's, it's about right.
0: And it's polarized. Yeah. So um, for next week, we're going to be talking about that aforementioned um, Train to Busan sequel Peninsula. And I think, uh, Well, I I don't know if you're going to like it. I can't even guess half the time if you're going to love it or hate it. So uh, I never know. (laughs) You never know till you turn it on. So we're going to get to see uh, what you think of it. I like it, but uh,
1: I love the first one.
0: This one. Okay. Without saying too much, it's got a lot more car chase going on than you would expect in a zombie movie. And if you like car chase stuff, who boy, do you get a lot of it? If you like the shooty, the shooty stuff, a lot of shooty stuff in that one too.
1: So, All right.
0: Yeah. It's kind of got action and horror all rolled into one. So,
1: Sounds good. All right.
0: All right. Cool. Well, uh, does that uh, seem like a good place to wrap it up?
1: I think so. It's about an hour.
0: Yeah, it seems like it. All right. Well, listeners, we thank you for listening.
1: Uh, something, something, coal crisis. I don't, I don't have one this week.
0: That's fine. <laughs> Stay out of the dark.
1: Stay out of the dark. Okay.